There's strange events and big swings in the market. There's one guy you can always count on. His name is Matt Maley. He's joining us this morning, Managing Director and Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tanback & Co. and founder of the Maley Report. Matt, what do you think? Uh, big uh, freak out, panic on Friday or warranted? Well, yeah, I think it was uh, overdone to the downside. Uh, uh, no question in my mind. However, uh, I just want, I just worry that it's going to be uh, if, if this market's really going to bounce back to the same. I mean, all the way back. In other words, going to uh, regain everything it lost on Friday because there's still plenty of uncertainty out there. We 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 still don't know uh, how exactly uh, you know how bad this uh, variant's going to be. Uh, but also, uh, the market wasn't acting all that great going into going into the, the the holiday weekend or the holiday the long weekend as you can say it really turned out to be not a long weekend because a lot of people came into work who weren't expecting to on friday but anyway uh you know for the two weeks two and a half weeks leading into thanksgiving the s p had been flat the dow jones and russell had actually been down it was only the nasdaq that would that had rallied and even then it was just a small number of names that were pushing it higher the the nvidia's of the world microsoft uh, uh, you know things like that that were pushing it higher, and in fact, if you look at the Thursday before Thanksgiving, the, the Nasdaq was hitting an all-time high, and yet over 400 stocks were hitting 52-week lows. So it really showed that it was just a narrow number of names that was pushing the th the market higher, and uh, uh, therefore, I, you know, it was already getting ripe for a pullback anyway. I just think that the, mm. the pullback was more than it should have been given the news. Doesn't sound like you're a uh, dual-handed buyer of uh, stock here back to highs, uh, Matt. Not exactly you chasing after this thing if it seems like there's some structural imbalance. At least uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that's kind of what you're describing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I don't want to sound overly bearish. Uh, you know, I you know. We you know, I'm not saying we can't still have a Santa Claus rally. I just don't see the big melt-up that some people have been been calling for. And one of the biggest reasons also is that things are much different than they were in the spring and, and fall. I'm sorry, the spring and summer. I remember back then people were like, yeah, that is, is, is inflation transitory? Is it not transitory? They weren't really sure. Uh, now I think people, you know, now it's much different. People think that it's, it's probably not transitory. Uh, earnings. Now, as, as good as the, uh, the earnings were back in the third quarter, I'm sorry, in, in for third quarter, the earnings guidance was not very good. I mean, a lot of people tried to imply that there was, but it, it really wasn't because unlike after the first and second uh, uh, quarter earnings reports, when earnings estimates for the rest of the year just exploded to the upside more than 20%, they did not move at all. They didn't move at all uh, after this, uh, during this uh, uh, third quarter earnings reports. Again, they were very, very good, but guidance was not higher. The fourth quarter earnings remained the same. 2022 earnings forecast remained the same. They did not go up. So when we don't have that big surge in earnings either that, that we, we had over the spring and summer. So uh, again, mm. there's, it's not to say that the market's suddenly gonna crash or anything like that, but I do think that uh, uh, it was getting its ahead of itself, a very expensive, uh, uh, overvalued, uh, and uh, you know that, that's going to you know, make it tougher for the market to rally as well as it had uh, earlier in the fall. Fair point, and we did see some of those late reporting cloud names in particular uh, really started unwinding last week. And Matt, what stands out to me in your notes as well is that uh, you think that Microsoft might be a, a target here for potentially finding some downside. Uh, I gotta say last week, I was curious how Microsoft held up so well, even as the whole cloud suite came under some pressure. Walk me through what you think about this stock right now as we did see the CEO sell some of his shares. 
Yeah, that's that's the big warning flag for me. And it has nothing to do with the company. It is a great company. Its prospects are great. But as we've seen many times, whether it be for Microsoft or any great company, sometimes the stock is well ahead of itself. I mean, you look at Amazon. Amazon changed the world over the last 25 years. And in just in just the last 10 years, it's seen pullbacks of anywhere from, you know, we see two dozen pullbacks of anywhere from 20 to 60 percent. Now, I'm not saying Microsoft's going to see a 60 percent pullback by any means. But when the when the CEO sells half percent yeah. for $280 million, that doesn't mean he doesn't think it's going higher for a couple of weeks. He thinks that it's probably getting ahead of itself uh, for a you know an extended period of time. And that so I think that's a warning flag again. Great company. If you own it for long term, that's great. Uh, but I do think that uh, it, it's a it's a clear signal that the stock uh, may not act as well as the company uh, does uh, for for a, a, an extended period of time. Okay, so Microsoft uh, Microsoft's Nadella sells half his shares. Stock takes one little dip, back up 2.3 percent today. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey says adios. That stock rally is almost 4 percent. Now hold on with us for one sec, Matt, because you got one other stock I want to ask you about. But we're going to trade Microsoft here while we're on the subject. Tom, how did you get a little bearish exposure? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean those all-time highs. It's only about what 12 bucks below those all-time highs. Uh, and you mentioned the sell-off in the cloud space. So. Uh, mm -hmm. I just looked at a short-term option strategy that's going to take advantage of a pullback, but it doesn't have to be a major pullback, right? Just maybe some consolidation a little bit below the current share price. So going out to the December option series, about 18 days till expiration, I'm just going to buy a skewed or broken wing butterfly to the downside. It's going to limit the amount I pay for it, right? Uh, and it's got a pretty good risk reward setup. I'm going to buy the 340 put one time, sell two of the D325 puts, and then buy one of the 320 puts. So I'm buying a $15 wide bearish put vertical, and then I'm selling only a $5 wide neutral to bullish put vertical. That creates this four-legged spread. If I pay a debit of about $4.70, that's my risk on it, right? 470 bucks. I think it's actually a little bit lower because the stock is actually moving higher. Mm -hmm. But that means my break even to the downside is gonna be about 335.30. You can see there from the risk profile over the next two and a half weeks. And you get the apex of that profitability right at that short strike, about 325. That's about what 12 bucks below the current share price. But I've got no risk to the downside below that break even. That's why I did the broken wing butterfly as an example. Okay. Uh, because you can take advantage of this instead of buying maybe the put vertical uh, where you're gonna you're gonna probably pay more for it. Uh, somewhere along those lines. You still capture all that downside, mm -hmm. but you don't need that big of a move. Only a couple bucks to get through that break even in uh, short-term trade. It's interesting, you're getting a little bit, the way you've got this, uh, you're getting a little bit more of a, uh, a bounce, you know, in your profit, uh, you know, around 320 to 325, right. Right. as opposed to just buying the put spread where it's a lot more kind of uh, binary. You're either making a set amount or you're losing a set amount. You've got some variance here in the amount that you can make right. if this thing slips down. So an interesting way to look at it uh, for downside. Right. You've got a bullish trade on a bullish pick by Matt Maley. Let's go back to him real quick. Mr. Maley, in the category of stocks that you do like is a good bit of energy. Is this a short-term response to crude bouncing back on uh, Friday's sell-off, or is this more a structural take? Yeah, I think this. I think this is a great opportunity to buy it. I mean, thirteen percent on this news. I, I uh, that was the decline in crude oil. That that was crazy. And and 
and I think way overdone. It's bouncing back 5%, but that's not even half of what it, what it lost. Well, you know, most other things are, are, are at least recovering half of what they lost. But the thing for energy for me is crude oil. I mean, the uh, it, it just the supply side, the supply side of the supply demand equation is just not there. Uh, Iran, I mean, as much as they try to say that they want to, they, they want to come back online, they're not going to. The Biden administration is not saying anything about that. Uh, the Saudis, who are the real, still, you know, back the swing, the swing player right now, uh, they're not going to be adding anything in terms of supply. And as much as the U.S. would love to be able to be uh, uh, add new supply, uh, we just can't. And I just think, you know, it's interesting. J.P. Morgan this morning was out saying they look for 125 dollar oil by next year. Uh, so, uh, and I don't know if it goes that high, but I think it's going to, $100 is very doable. I think these stocks are very cheap. And stocks mm. like Marathon Oil or Enron Oil and Gas, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the old EOG company, which used to be called Enron Oil and Gas, and some other names. So, Coterra is another one, the old, uh, uh, which is more of a gas name, uh, which is the more, uh, is the uh, cabin oil and gas, the old, uh, the, with the merger from cabin oil and gas. But uh, uh, Marathon Oil, that's one I really like in here. And I think the, uh, the whole energy sector is going to be one that has done very well the last year. I think it will continue to, well, to do well uh, for at least six to 12 months. Okay. All right, Matt. Thanks as always.